Welcome to Cover 3, you, the college football degenerates. We are coming at you extremely late this week. It is now Friday. Shoot, I think there's already been a college football game, hasn't there, Pat? There, there's actually been uh, one, two, three, four, five college football games, if you count the thrashing that Ohio put on Bowling Green on t- Wednesday night. Oh, yeah, this is that or Tuesday night. You got the, all the action going on on Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah, it's that time of year where there's, like, football on every night. It's pretty awesome. But, Brian uh, Van Gorder's defense doing good things there at Bowling Green. <laughs> yeah, Scott Leffler, the head coach of Bowling Green, looked clueless uh during that game I actually did watch some of that game but i did too that was a fucking beating anyways we are behind it's friday november 22nd here in the evening we're going to try to get this podcast out before college football saturday so you guys can uh listen maybe tomorrow morning or this evening and play some wagers if you like some of the advice tell we- your friends about this podcast because oh, yeah. the reason the reason that we're so late this week is I, I got absolutely swamped at work, and I'd rather not work. Uh, so if you all tell more people about this, maybe this will be our job. Yeah, I doubt Probably it. Probably not. I doubt it, but you I never mean, know. I mean, one can dream. Shoot, we can't even get uh, Phil, the uh, Wolverine fan, is once again not with us. But uh, hopefully his schedule will free up, at least by the bowl games, uh, this college football season. He, he is marked down to join us next Wednesday. Oh, well, there you go. He'll be here next Wednesday. We'll see, though. But uh, I'm Jameson, your Hokie fan. I am here with you each and every week. Pat, the Irish fan, is here with us. He's been here for most of the time. You've only missed a week or two. Yeah, I missed missed two weeks due to travel. But but we're here. We're getting it done. And that's all that matters. And it's, like I said, it's week 13 of the college football season. There's games on Tuesday. You got MAC action going on on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Um, We had a great ACC game. Uh, last night, uh, Georgia Tech. I wouldn't necessarily call that a great well, game. Well, <laughs> NC State made a little comeback there at the end. They only lost by two. But, yeah, NC State. Has, I was watching hoops last night, though. I've been watching a lot of college hoops. Yeah. Um, NC State just has turned it off for the season. For for Georgia Tech to do what they did to NC State Let's... For, with a new coach and um, to turn things around after they took an absolute curb stomping by my Hokies 45 to nothing in week 12. For them to come in, what, six days later, five days later? Mm-hmm. I mean, they played Saturday, and then they turned around and played a game five days later and actually went up 14 nothing. Like, Collins at Georgia Tech, while he's having to get over that triple option offense that Paul Johnson instilled at Georgia Tech. Um, he's, he's being real creative, though, with yeah. the team this year, I think. and uh, They're playing for him. Yeah, The, the it, kids Georgia, are playing for the guy. Georgia Tech's a hard place to recruit. You know, it's a big engineering school. I mean, they, they have the – Heavy academic restrictions, I guess, if you will. You know, they're not going to cut any breaks. But no. let, let's touch on NC State for a second. Sure, that game, you, was, that game was last night, not in Week 12. But, right. yeah, we can – Yeah, they, let's who, touch who on NC State they play the week before that? Because they took a beating in Week 12, too. But go ahead. Was, well, that, the, was that the Clemson game? No, they took it to uh, Louisville, beat them by 14 in Week 12, and then they turned around and That's lost That's a team on the night. rise, too. Yeah, but let they, me ask you this one question. Has the team quit on Dave Doran? Yes. 100%. I completely yes. agree. I, and the only thing you can say in defense to that is maybe th- they've gone through three quarterbacks due to injuries or lack of production. I think they're playing a true freshman quarterback at this point. But, um, yeah, they look they looked confused. They're not playing smart. No. And when you're not – I watched that Georgia Tech-NC State game. They, didn't, they were doing crazy things like running backwards for 15 yards to take a loss and – illegal blocks and 
when you're not playing smart football, that usually means the coaching staff has lost the football team, and that definitely has been the case in NC State, I believe. Yeah, but, uh, I, I, not that I think Dave Doran's going to get fired or anything like that. I, I don't like the hiring and firing of coaches per se, but you know, if he doesn't do something next year, NC State, NC State might be moving on. I think he's safe this year. But. You're right. So, um, but let's let's recap Week Twelve. Um, before we start diving into wagers for week 13, what, how did your Irish do? What do you got to say about the Irish this week? That was a great performance. I think that was Ian Book's best performance of the year against Navy. Uh, 21 ranked Navy on Saturday. They were up 52 to 10 about midway through the third quarter, called off the dogs. They really kind of called off the dogs before that, but uh, they handled the triple option with ease. Um, Perry, Malcolm Perry, I believe that's uh, Navy's quarterback. He's had a fantastic year. They just swallowed him up all day long. Um, well, he still had 117 yards, but... That was against the twos. But he had zero touchdowns. Yeah. So, to me, that says more than yards. But, yeah, you're saying... You know, I was at that baby shower, so... I was, and Yeah, they it, scored it, 10 it, points in the fourth you quarter. You know where I got fucked with that baby shower? Can, can I talk... It, that That's a recap of Week 12. Because <laughs> we're at this... We walk into the bar where this baby shower is being held. It's being held on the second floor like this row house in downtown uh, Baltimore, Maryland. And... Walk up. You walk inside first. No televisions. Walk upstairs. No televisions. Uh, So me and a couple of the other guys are like, "Oh shit!" You know what the hell are we gonna do? Luckily, the Notre Dame kick was at two thirty. I just put it on my phone. I just kind of sat by myself and enjoyed the open bar. So I was able to watch through that. You know, through the NBC Sports app. But uh, and then was able to watch a good bit of the uh, the Oklahoma game at night. Got a chance to see a decent amount of the Georgia-Auburn game in the afternoon. Um, but overall, uh, great performance by the Irish. I think they're going to end up going 10-2 and this year. Yeah, so um, good, good win for Notre Dame. I thought that game was going to be close. I actually mm-hmm. took Navy. I don't know why. I wasn't confident. I didn't about, think that I, was going I, to happen. Yeah, I, I didn't mean, think that. 52 to 20 was the final. And, and it wasn't even that close. And, and 10 of those points from Navy came in the fourth quarter. So, um, yeah, that was uh, – uh, Notre Dame is starting to, to gain some momentum here. Uh, Oklahoma had a big comeback win against Baylor. They were down – was what? it 24 nothing? I thought it was – I think it was 20, 24 nothing. I think you might be right. They, they made one hell of a comeback. Their defense actually showed up, whereas in the first half – 24 to 3, I think. Yeah, it was 24 to 3. You nailed it. Um, in, the, in the first half of that game, I mean, Baylor was doing anything they wanted. Um, so, Oklahoma, I mean, they couldn't get anything going offensively, and then boom, they turn it on. Where I got fucked in that game was a late scratch by C.D. Lamb, which cost me um, a chance to move on in the college fantasy league. Damn, that sucks. I haven't been following that league since I did doo-doo all year. But yeah. That sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, so Baylor takes their first loss of the year. Oklahoma stays alive in that college football playoff hunt. Jalen Hurts was struggling that game. He had two crucial turnovers mm-hmm. during that game. One of them was on the goal line. Uh, he fumbled the ball. He did that against Kansas State, and too. He's been a little uh, iffy yeah, with the – he really has yeah. fumbles and interceptions. So, while he puts up great numbers, he had almost 300 yards passing, four touchdowns, and then he had another 114 yards rushing in that game, like he does every week. His issue is taking care of the football, but – you know, nevertheless, they come back from a 21-point deficit, and um, that could be a rematch in the Big 12 championship. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Auburn-Georgia game, Georgia went up quick. 
I think it was 20. That well, game that was kind of a slow start to that game. It was kind of just punt here, punt there, punt here, punt there. And uh, then Georgia finally just squeezed the life out of Auburn, and Georgia's defense Wait, is so fucking good. That, that was 21 nothing after three quarters in Georgia's favor. Yeah, but what I mean by the start of it, it was 7 nothing almost about three quarters of the way through the first half. Well, I said last week, Georgia's offense is really slow. They're good, but they're slow to put up points. They put up seven in the first quarter, seven in the second quarter, seven in the third quarter. And then you think the game's over. Georgia, I think, has one of the best defenses in the SEC. I think they have probably one of the – I think they have the best defense in the country. You, Yeah, I, that's definitely an argument you make. So you're thinking this game's this game's done. 21 mm-hmm. nothing heading into the fourth. And then kudos to Auburn – you know, they put up 14th in the fourth quarter and was in position to tie that football game and just couldn't get it done. Um, Bo Nix had a, a good day there in the fourth quarter, uh, and Swift eclipsed the 100-yard mark in that game. And then the, another game we'll talk about is my Hokies. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, you're, ne- you're never as good as you think you are. You're never as bad as you think you are. How good is Virginia Tech in your eyes? In my eyes right now? Right now, compared to the first of the season. I know our number one fan out there is not going to like this. I think Virginia Tech is the best team in the Coastal. I, you have to think that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, at this moment in time, I have to agree with you. Even and, like, and the only reason I say that is I think the University of Virginia has just been absolutely decimated by injury. and They're one-dimensional offensively, and they have a pretty – it's really hard to cover up UVA's weaknesses, whereas Virginia Tech – they have a little bit of weakness here and there and everywhere, but they don't have one big weakness that drags them down like UVA does. But UVA is still a damn good football team, and that game, I don't want to look ahead because Virginia Tech has pit this week, but that game on Black Friday is going to be huge. But Virginia Tech wins 45 to nothing against Georgia Tech, and, and it was over. By the, they had, we had our backups in two minutes into the third quarter. We're just a totally different team with Hendon Hooker at quarterback. And I think we had 10 different players run the ball. You know, um, our defense scored a touchdown. Lights out. It's hard to shut out a Power 5 team. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. So the Hokies just continue to improve defensively. We have some youth. Just, think, just think really about this developing. for a second from a Virginia Tech perspective. How bad were things I, that I night? I texted you that yeah, night. Like, that, dude, it's at, bad. Yeah. It's bad in Blacksburg because when they lost to Duke on that Friday night, you texted me on your way back home or something, or yeah. when you went to the I hotel. I said, it's bad. Yeah. It's bad. I, I, I And you never text me after a right. loss. Right, and I never, I never text, text anyone, you. and yeah. I, I never get over emotional negatively or positive, positive during a season, but I was over the top, you know, pretty negative. I'm, I was never calling for Justin Fuente's head like half of the fan base was because I'm just, that's not my style. I think it was over half the fan base. I, I said we have to give the rest of the season to truly evaluate it, but I wasn't feeling very confident. I was looking at the schedule at one point trying to find out how we were going to get bowl eligible this year. And, you know, now the Hokies are. And um, I thought Justin Fuente lost his team after that Duke game. But he didn't. It, it was it the exact opposite. did the exact opposite. Yeah, it was crazy. It, it was one of those things where, like, all right, he, it's either going to get worse from here or Justin Fuente is going to light, you know, some asses on fire and, and get this team rolling. And, and luckily it went that route. So go Hokies. Uh, I'm excited. Like Virginia Tech football is fun to watch. I'm not saying they are going to beat UVA. They're going to have their hands full this week with Pitt. I'm not saying they're going to give 
Clemson. I think I think this pick game's a real tricky one. It is. Really it do. is. I'm not saying that, but man, look at Virginia Tech is playing the best outside of Clemson. Virginia Tech is the hottest team in the ACC. I am confident enough to say that. Um, anyways, and then how do Phil's Wolverines do? They, they had that, uh, did they have, or were they on a bye? No, they played. Who the hell did they play? Uh, they played Michigan State and won forty-four to ten. So Phil's probably uh, really happy. Michigan State is an absolute fucking dumpster fire. And how Virginia, Virginia Tech's the hottest team in the ACC right now, based on like turnaround and improving as the season goes on. I would say Michigan's the hottest team in the Big Ten as far as turning their season around and improving each and every week since that Wisconsin beat down. Michigan. Is I, I would really agree. I, I would agree with that. You know, the the two seasons are somewhat similar. You know, they took they took one on the chin, and then, you know, it, it, you think about this. You know, Virginia Tech struggled with Furman. Michigan struggled with Army. You know, and then next thing you know, I mean, they each take one on the chin, and then boom, it galvanizes the team to a certain extent, and yeah. here we are. Yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy. Like I think people really do underestimate coaching in college football. Like it's it's so critical to be to know how to improve your client, uh, clientele and uh, yeah, and just get better. And Michigan's doing that. Virginia Tech's doing that. Um, Minnesota took their first loss. This is the last game we'll touch touch mm-hmm. on. Cause I was they, pretty, you know, it, it was funny. You know, I kind of contradicted myself last week when you asked me, well, you know. Who's going to be meeting up in the Big Ten championship game? And I said, Ohio State and Minnesota. And that could still very well be the case. But then I picked Iowa to win the game outright. Um, you know, they were a home. They were a home. I was a home favorite against an undefeated Minnesota team coming But off if you're going to lose win. a Big Ten game. That's the one. That's the one to lose for Minnesota. Yeah. I think Minnesota needed to lose a game before they went into the, the final stretch here of the season. And if they were going to lose, that was the one to lose. Because I, I feel like if they would have went in unbeaten, I don't know who's left on this. Well, let me ask you this question. If Minnesota wins out, and that includes a win over Ohio State and or Penn State in the Big Ten championship game, do they go to the playoff? Yes. If they I went agree. out, including the Big Ten championship? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think if they're going to lose a game, that was the game to lose. And I think they needed to lose a game – because they're they're young and they're new coach and, and PJ Flag, I think that that loss is going to help them more than hurt them. If if they want to make and I would just is one of those teams that can just squeeze the life out of you. They don't do anything flashy, you know. It's a boring brand of football to watch, but it's actually kind of fun. I enjoy watching that kind of football. Um, and I, I think Iowa had a lot more on the line than Minnesota in that game. So. Um, Oh, I mean, Minnesota has playoff hopes. I wouldn't necessarily say that. So, um, well, Iowa, you're you're sitting there at four and three, seven three in the season. You know, as far as you know, I don't know. You got they got to get bowl eligible. You gotta you gotta show that you're Minnesota had a chance to really out. put a stranglehold on the on the uh, on the West Division, and they did it and they didn't but, but they still have they still have everything they want to do in front of them Iowa has 3 losses in the conference they now only have one and Wisconsin has two so they're still leading the division like that was not a must win for Minnesota like right. Minnesota still has a path to the Big 10 championship and they still even have a path to the college football playoff that's what i kind of meant by that yeah. statement that game was not as important as some people may think for Minnesota um, I think it was more of a pride game for Iowa. It was at home. 
Um, their season hasn't been going quite as well as they would were hoping for. I mean, they're still ranked 17th in the country, but they had three losses. I mean, there were some there were some people out there predicting Iowa to win the West. So you know that was a big game for them mm-hmm. to keep their, you know. Positive, you know, positive uh, re-encouragement for the rest of the season going into next year. That was a big game for Iowa. Minnesota does not really affect their season that much, if at all, in my opinion. They still have it, it, I, I still think there is somewhat of a bias whenever it comes to the committee. Sure. Um, where if you don't have a brand name, if you will, I, I think it's a much tougher road. Uh, to get into the playoff, and I think that might end up costing Minnesota if they end up winning out. Uh-huh. And But in my opinion, if they end up winning out, there's no doubt that they, one, should be in there, and two, deserve to be in there. Yep. That game showed how good Iowa's defense is. Minnesota has not been held to less than 28 points all season long. They were held to 19 that game. So um, Iowa's defense is really good. Very, they very, just they just struggle good. to score. So let's recap our wagers uh, amongst us, and then we'll take a quick break before we head into Week 13. Uh, Phil wins again this week, not by much, um, not a big win because he didn't place a lot of bets. Um, well, actually, I guess the win goes to you because you had more wins. You had the same win percentage. Um, so it actually goes to you, Pat. So good for you for turning things around a little bit. Well, you went six and five last week. I did a few things differently last week. I drank more uh, during the podcast, and I wrote things down in an opposite fashion, um, which kind of pissed you off when we were going through this thing. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, just superstition. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it feels good to. Um, be not two to and not 11. suck. Yeah, yeah it to feels not suck. Good to not be two and eleven, which is really hard for you to not second suck. Mortgage on my house. Yeah, it's hard for you to not suck at anything. But you <clears> know, <throat> fuck you, yourself. You went six. And f- <laughs> you went six and five. One went over five hundred in the week, making you the winner last week. So nobody killed it last week. No. However, overall, Patrick, you're still in last place at fifty nine wins, eighty losses. Wait till bowl season. And I'm going to fucking clean up. All right. Well, we'll see. Phil went. <laughs> Phil went two and one, so while he had the same win percentage, he only had two wins. He only bet on three games. That's what he gets for not being here. He went two and one. That puts him in second place for the year at 67 wins and 64 losses. He's still in the win column overall. Well, Phil texted me about this week, and we've got about, out of all of these games, he, he's interested in about 45% of them. All right, so maybe he'll have some action for once. And then I had a losing uh, – week for the first time in a long time i went three and five but it still keeps me in first place overall at 77 wins and 59 losses so with that being said let's take a quick break okay and we will play some wagers on week 13 what do you say beautiful okay we're back here at cover three you the college football degenerates and it's time to place some friendly wagers on week 13 of college football 2019. I am going – I'm feeling good, Pat. I'm going to place a lot of bets. I'm feeling good. Okay. Uh, with that being said – Let's game, jump right into it. Let's jump right into it. Western Carolina. <laughs> we talked – why is Alabama playing Western Carolina on November This is going to be the two-minute drill. It's November twenty third. As much as I want to just fucking shit all over Alabama right now, <laughs> save it. 
I'm going to save it for the two-minute drill. Uh, Western Carolina goes to Alabama on November 23rd. You would think this would be – a fucking joke. This would be the time <laughs> for some exciting college football, but not for Bama. No, so, not for uh, the entire SEC. Alabama is favored by 57. No Tua. No Tua. What do you think? You're in the lead. you got to place the bets first. I'm not – betting on this game it's garbage it is garbage. i'm not even gonna watch it 57 I points i probably won't find out who wins or how much they won by because we know who's gonna win right i'm not even gonna find out the score probably till i'm Sunday. sure nick saban's gonna have something to bitch about but anyway yeah pass no, Phil no action no. you we just wanted to yeah we'll hit it more i'm gonna hit that really hard no action Minnesota trying to rebound after that uh, slugfest with Iowa. They go to Northwestern, and they are favored by 13.5. Minnesota, that is. Who do you got? Northwestern's 2-8. and eight. Meanwhile, Minnesota's trying to keep their uh, Big Ten and college football playoff hopes alive. Um, I'm looking at Northwestern's schedule. They have not beaten one Power 5 team all year. Nope. So Give I me would, the Gophers. Give me the Gophers. That's a lock. What you th- say? Phil has Minnesota, too. Yeah. So Phil even submitted Minnesota. That may be our lock, cover three U lock of the week. Moving on. No action. Illinois goes to Iowa. Illinois has been one of them. Jekyll and Hyde team. Yeah. I love them, though, man. Yeah, give, me, give me the fight in the line eye. Against Iowa. Yeah. Iowa's favored by 15 and a half. Yep. You think, uh, how I, they- I think Illinois can cover that. My question is, is how is Illinois going to get – 15 points against Iowa. How's Iowa going to score 15 points against that vaunted Illini defense? Is that Illinois defense that good? Illinois can play play some ball a little bit now. Uh, they've given up 409 yards a game. So it's not, it's not terrible, but it's not – I don't see a dominant D there. Um, Brandon Peters – Give me, pretty good give, give me Iowa. I, I don't see – I don't see I'll, I'll take Illinois in 15 and a half points. I'll take that to the bank. They have scored, you know, an average – you know, Illinois in their defense, they have scored over 21 points every game this year. Um, but this Iowa defense is so good. Defense wins championships, brother. Uh, Phil has no action on this game. And while Iowa has three losses, I mean, they, in my mind, they should have beaten Wisconsin. They should have beaten Penn State. I mean, they haven't lost one game by more than seven points. The losses are Michigan, Penn State, and Wisconsin. Give me Iowa. What, what did Phil like in that one? Nothing. So me and you have action on Illinois, Iowa. Yep. Oklahoma State goes to West Virginia. Oak State is favored by six. What you got? Oklahoma State all day long. I think they're going to blow the doors off of him. Yeah, I love betting against West Virginia. Mm-hmm. You know this. Um, Phil has Oklahoma State as well. Oklahoma State still has somewhat of a shot at that Big 12 championship game. Uh, they're going to need some help. Um, but uh, I think they're just a well-balanced team. What uh, Phil has Oak State too? Yeah. All right, so none of it. That may be another lock in my mind. I think, I think six that's is more. Just, six is not enough. No. Six is not enough with as but many give, weapons. Give Neil Brown a year or two. He's going to have West Virginia. Yeah, and you know, I think West Virginia comes to Blacksburg in two or three years. So I think right about then, West Virginia could be. He could have Neil could have him up and running. Like I, I, I will say this: while I hate West Virginia, he's done a lot with what he's got in year one. Mm-hmm. But oh, it, it, Holgerson left the cover bare. Neil Brown's made the most of it this year. 
Credit to him. Give me Spencer Sanders, who has over 2,000 yards passing, 16 touchdowns, and give me Hubbard, who has over 1,700 yards rushing and 20 touchdowns. That's a, quarterback. I th- I That's think a quarterback and a running back on the same team with those kind of stats. Yeah, I think Hubbard will break the 2,000-yard mark this week. Oh, yeah. This yeah. week. Yeah. I. Yeah. I, 240 yards, roughly? I mean, combined, Sanders, their quarterback, Spencer Sanders and Chubba Hubbard, their running back for Oak State, they very well – could combine for the year over 5,000 total yards, mm-hmm. maybe 6,000, because I don't know how many yards Spencer Sanders has rushed for. Just looking at it at first glance, um, those two dudes being on the same team, and it goes back to what I say every every week, the rush pass balance at Oklahoma State is so good. They just need they need better defense. Spencer Sanders has 625 yards rushing. <laughs> yeah, so combined, those <laughs> those two alone, Hubbard and Sanders for Oklahoma State, same team. That's a lot of that's a that's lot a lot of, of yards between just two players and a lot of math to do in my head. Yeah. But I will say, I think Chubba Hubbard's going to end up breaking the 2,000 yard mark this week, not for the season, but just, well for the season. But it's going to happen this week at Morgantown. Yeah. So, I think that's more of a lock than uh, Iowa. Or, or, excuse me, Minnesota. You think? Yeah. I think that's a. a I'm going to put a star on that and make a, a personal bet if you catch my drift. Yeah. I hear Elsewhere you. on that one, along with that Minnesota Northwestern game. Moving on, Kansas at Iowa State. Iowa State's favored by 24.5. Are these lines. Yeah. As of today. Yeah. They're as of this morning. The first thing I did whenever I got into work was, okay. was put this together. That was before actually doing any actual work. Okay. Um, <laughs> when do you ever actually do work? <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah. When, but, you know, Kansas is 3-7. and seven. They lost to Oklahoma State and Kansas State back-to-back. Um, while they've shown signs of improvement under with Les Miles in his first year there, I think Iowa State's the better football team. They're coming off a two-point victory over Texas. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. 24-and-a-half's a lot. It is. It's a lot. Um, Phil has Kansas. What do you think? I, I, I think I like 24-and-a-half's a lot. That is. Um, Brock Purdy's awesome. I don't know. I, I'm going to stay away from this game. Yeah, I – I, I I would take Kansas. I would love to take Kansas, actually. Yeah. Twenty four and a half is too much. Yeah. I, I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and take Iowa State. I don't know. I'm looking at I, I don't know where Vegas is getting twenty four and a half. I really don't. Um you know, Iowa State has a great offense. They're putting up pretty much almost thirty points every game, thirty plus. Um they've they've even been in the seventies and the forties. They put up forty two against Oklahoma, but I, I just don't you know, can yeah, give me Kansas, but no action between us. No. All right, UVA taking a uh, taking a page out of the old SEC book here, and at least they're playing an FBS team. But. Taking on Liberty in late November. <laughs> Good for you, Virginia. So you see what Virginia's doing? They've lost to the Hokies fifteen years straight. So they said, let's do this. Let's take a bye week, mid November. Then let's play Liberty in late November, and then we'll welcome the Hokies. Maybe that will help us. Uh, I mean, I was having this conversation. I think that may hurt you a little bit. 
don't you think? Well, Look, looking uh, ahead. In terms of what you just said, and you know that schedule was set three years ago. Sure. So I mean, it's hard to say how how much they really strategize that. Sure. Right. Um, it, it it makes sense. But that's how it looks. Yeah. I mean, it's that's how it how looks. looks. That's but, how it looks. UVA is favored by seventeen. What do you think? Oh, this is a tough one for me. Here's the thing about UVA. I think they're really, really, really good. I think yeah. Perkins is really good. Well, not really, really good. I think they're really good. The problem with UVA, and I'm, I know I'm like a, a, I'm repeating myself, their weakness is a very big weakness that stands out. And now you have a full, you know, 10 games of film on that weakness. And that weakness is that offensive line and the inability to run the football and Perkins can't do it all. If To me, if you put a spy on that guy, two spies on that guy, there's not much. Bryce Perkins is their leading passer, obviously, and their leading rusher. I, I, that weakness is, is, is rough. I mean, and, then, and then the injuries. I like UVA as a team. Um, I think uh, Bronco is doing a heck of a job with them. But I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb here and say that Liberty's going to cover the 17. I think so too, and I and I'm not and I'm Virginia's not. Virginia's going to win the game. Virginia's going to win. Yeah, Virginia but, will win, and I'm not saying that because I'm a hokey and I I'm out to get UVA. Liberty can Liberty can move the ball. They and they can move the ball through the air. You know, UVA's gotten some injuries on the back end. Um, I think Virginia might end up looking ahead a little bit to next week. Um, more but, so than that, do you know what I, you know what I think is going to happen? If I'm UVA, I I play Perkins as little as possible. Little as possible. The last thing UVA wants is their. You got to win the game, though. You got to win the game, but you know if you're up by ten against Liberty in the fourth quarter, do you take Perkins out? And yeah, then maybe put him back in. Put him back in once it gets back to a possession. You know what I mean? Like I can see UVA kind of doing that, like trying to really keep, and even throughout the game. I can see them. So you trying. think Bronco? You think Bronco might coach this game for next week? I, I do, and and that's looking ahead, right? Yeah. But I think he'll do it. And Bronco is a smart coach. He's a good yeah. coach. He's I like a great Bronco. Coach. Um, I think he'll do it in a way to where he'll still get the win. It'll be subtle. It'll, yeah, he's doing it subtly. He has his ways to do it without losing the team, without having the team look ahead. He'll do it a way to where he's looking ahead the to thing protect is, his quarterback. The thing is about this UVA Liberty game, and I don't know why we're spending so much time on it. I think it's I just don't know. We, <laughs> I'll tell you exactly why we're spending this much time on it. We have the number one fan out there, Lou. <laughs> I mean, he just has hearts for this podcast. So, so anyway, I, I lost my train of thought a little bit, but I personally think that this game's going to go one of two ways. Either. UVA comes out and puts up 24 in the first half, and then boom, game over. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull Perkins. Or they're kind of muddling around a little bit, and Perkins might not be as as sharp as he typically is, and then this is a second-half game that UVA ends up pulling away late in the fourth quarter. But UVA wins by 10, and I think Bronco tells Perkins, hey, buddy, I want you to go out there and win the game. You know, protect yourself and play conservative. So I don't think I he's, think he yeah. tells him that every week, but yeah, but I think he's really going to stress it. Knowing Virginia Tech's around the corner for that ACC Coastal title, um, but move, we have no action on yeah. that game. I, I do think it's going to be a close game. But you're right, UVA can go up by twenty like that. Yep. 
and then maybe they pull him, and then maybe that's when Liberty gets the point, yep. points back. Either way, I think Liberty is going to get the points, keep keep within ten, or get the points back to stay within ten. That's Move. for you, Lou. <laughs> sorry, sorry, we're both taking I would Liberty never... to cover the spread, but uh, hey, just know that we spent a good amount of time. Still on a good your, football. UVA is a good football team. Yes, and, they are. Um, I just, you know, you know, I've said my concerns with them. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back with a lightning round and finish up this podcast here at Cover Three U. The College Football Degenerates. Welcome back to Cover 3U, the College Football Degenerates. Now it's time for our four-game lightning round. That's when we go through four games. We alternate who picks first, but we don't really talk about it. We just give us our first impulse on a wager to see if we have any action. So, game one, I'll let you make the pick first, and then game two, I'll go first okay. and vice versa. And you can tell me if Phil, or Cover 3U person, has any action on any of these as well. Okay. Sound good? The first... Lightning round game. UCLA goes to USC. USC is favored by 13 and a half. USC. I like USC, too. What does Phil like? Nothing. No action. Moving on. I'll go first on this one. Cal at Stanford. Stanford is favored by two and a half. Give me Stanford. I agree. Phil has nothing. All right. No action. Well, maybe I was wrong on how much action I thought would be seen here on week 13 of the college football season. Now we go into the ACC, Syracuse, who I thought was like NC State and the coach where the coaching staff has completely lost the team, but they had a big win against Duke last week, but Duke's being ran over by everybody now. Yeah, I mean, it's that's weird what's happening at, uh, at that, Duke. That's not like like Duke to for the coaching staff to lose Duke like that. But anyways, Syracuse wins big over Duke last week. They go to the rising Louisville Cardinals. Satterfield's doing a good job. Louisville is favored by nine and a half. Who do you got? Phil and I both have Louisville. I have Louisville as well. In fact, that's up there with my other locks. Mm-hmm. Louisville's on the rise. They're a good squad. Um, Boise State at Utah State. Excuse me. That's the last lightning round game. Boise State, who we thought could be the Boise of old. Mm-hmm. And eh. mediocre, mediocre football team. They go to Utah State, but they're Boise State's favored by nine. Do you have any action on that? You're going first. Give me Utah State. Phil and I both like Utah State. <sighs> I really like Utah State there. Yeah, I do too. All right. So no action on the lightning round games? Man. Nope. All right. Well, let's let's dive into some of the big name, game, name games uh, for week 13 and – See if we can get action out of that. Texas A&M goes to Georgia. What a big football game. Is this big? I this know is this a is big a big game. Texas this is a A&M's big game. on the rise a little bit. It's a big game. Like, Texas A&M may not be playing for an SEC title or a playoff chance like Georgia is, but how important is this game to Jimbo Fisher? Because what, I mean, Jimbo I... Fisher was expected to come in there and and, and – I, I still think that was a uh, show me show me success now type of hire. You know what I mean? It, um, well, it it wasn't it wasn't because they gave him a fully guaranteed ten year deal or whatever the hell it was, at, you know seven and a half million dollars a year. I mean he's not going anywhere. It was also a long term commitment from Texas A and M to Jimbo. So yeah, but with you getting paid like that, I mean you're getting paid shitload of money. Yeah, that about it. Like show me some. I mean, it's Jimbo Fisher. You got he hasn't had a marquee win, but I'll tell you that's what I'm getting at. They haven't. Who they beat this year? I mean, I know they're good, um, but all all the big games they've lost this year. I feel like he needs he needs a big name. He's lost to all the ranked opponents. He lost to Alabama, Auburn, and Clemson. Those are the three ranked teams they played this year. 
Um, this will be the fourth. So mm-hmm. I think it's a big big game for both. And we all know what Georgia's playing for. And Georgia is favored by 13. What, do you, what are your thoughts? Give me Texas A&M to cover. See, that, and, and that's where I'm kind of going with this. Phil has Georgia. <sighs> we need to at least get one thing in here for Phil. Yeah, and so there's action. It's just who do I want to double up? Like, I, I, want, to, I, want, to, I want to take Georgia. I do, but I feel like this is a very, very important game for Texas A&M. And Georgia's really, really good defensively, How, and they're really good offensively. They just take a long time to move the ball and get points on the scoreboard. I'm going to stay away from it. Okay. And I know I should place a bet for the sake of betting, but this is a, a very intriguing football game. I heard something, game. and I was going to wait to say this because I, didn't, you know, you're in the lead of this podcast, so I didn't want to bring this up at the time. But now that you're saying it, it's going to be a driving rainstorm tomorrow down in Athens. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking at the weather now. It's going to be rough. I, I think it favors Georgia to win the game. It doesn't favor them to cover the spread. Right. So, moving on. I'm going to stay away from it. Um, I, I like that. If I had to pick somebody, it'd be Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. I just really like Georgia as a football team. I do too. I'm just, I'm I do just too. not confident enough. Boston College goes to Notre Dame. Patrick, what are you looking for out of your Irish here? Um, heading into this is the old holy war. From yesteryear, you don't get this game every year like you used to back in the day. Yeah. So this is the old Holy War. I think this is going to be an absolute drubbing. Okay. Um, I really do. Um, Boston College is not a good team. They have A.J. Dillon, and that's about it. Um, okay. Give me Notre Dame to cover. Here's, easily. Here's my concern with Notre Dame. I think cover easily, huh? Cover easily. If, if, if I don't think 20 is nearly enough. I think Notre Dame does cover. I don't know if they cover easily. I think Notre Dame does cover. If Boston College didn't lose their quarterback, I would take this spread for Boston College to stay within 20. Because what concerns me about Notre Dame is them stopping A.J. Dillon. They've had some times where they struggled stopping teams rushing the ball. However, they did a good job stopping Virginia Tech rushing the ball. They had, they um, they've they're really young at linebacker, right? Notre Dame is really young at linebacker. They weren't very good. First at, level, you're solid. That defensive yeah. line of Notre Dame is good. Uh-huh. But they, if if you get a running back that's capable of making one guy miss and going to the next level or is capable enough to powering through to that second level, then there's opportunity there, right? I, I completely agree. But the thing is, Notre Dame has gotten better against the run throughout the year. You know, if you even look back to the Georgia game, you know, they just stacked the box and said, okay, Jake Fromm beat us. That's what they're going to do yeah. this week Swift, against Boston College. They contained College. Swift well. And, yeah. but they, Swift, it, it, same thing happened against Virginia Tech. All right, Quincy Patterson, can he throw the ball? No, the same thing happened no. against – Quincy can't. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, you know, Clark Lee is a fantastic defensive coordinator. I hope he stays. I have a feeling he's going to end up getting some offers. But I think Notre Dame wins this game do they by hold, 30. Do they hold A.J. Dillon under 100 yards? No. Because that's the only way. I, I, I think A.J. Dillon will get Do they hold A.J. Dillon under 130 yards? Yes. Okay, so you're saying he A.J. Dillon's going to have 100 to 120 yards, but they're going to cover the spread by 20? Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. Yeah, I um, – Boston College defense. I think it's going to be close cover. I think it's going to be a close well, cover. Why don't you take Boston College then? Just fuck it. I'll take Boston College. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. I and 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 you know the only reason I am is it, I'm up I'm up big why not I this 
It, <laughs> look, look, Boston College can run the football. We all know that. The question is, how good will def- Notre Dame def- set their defensive scheme to stop that? And, and That's all they're going to be doing. Because Boston College essentially has a walk-on playing quarterback this week. Yeah, and that, that's my concern is are they going to stack the box? If Boston College can complete – just complete three big downfield passes, two downfield passes, just to open up that box a little bit and to slow the game down. I'm not confident about that wager, but give me BC. Moving on. Phil's Michigan Wolverines takes on Indiana, and Michigan's favored by nine and a half. Give me Michigan to cover. I think they're the hottest team in the Big Ten. Even though Indiana put up a good fight against Penn State last week. This game's at home. They think, almost think stayed. About this. They, think about this one they, they covered against Penn State, actually. Indiana did last week. Yeah, I know. I doubled you guys up on yeah, that um, Yeah, that pissed me off. I don't think – man, I don't mm, – I'm going to hold my thoughts on Penn State. But go ahead. We're, we're talking about Michigan here. I think Michigan's a hot team in the Big Ten. So – What were you saying? <laughs> uh, Indiana – is highly, highly underrated in my opinion. You, not that they should be ranked or anything like that, but this game's at home, 3.30 kick. And think about this. Michigan has Ohio State next week. You've heard all the talk about, you know, Michigan haven't been able to beat Ohio State. Are they going to be able to give Ohio State a game this year? So on and so forth. But Jim Harbaugh has done a really, really good job this week, and I've heard some of his interviews saying, hey, we got Mich- or we got Indiana this week, and they're no fucking joke, and he's right. I mean, he is absolutely right. Do I think Indiana's going to cover? No, I don't. I think Michigan's going to cover, win the game by 10. Does Phil has Michigan, too? No, Phil doesn't have anything on this game. Okay, so we have no action. No action. Not a lot of action. I think this is – I think Michigan st- covers easily. I, there's a lot of bets I want to place on my own that I'm confident about that you guys just aren't biting on, but – Let's talk about this game first, and then we'll take a quick break. Purdue at Wisconsin will stay in the Big Ten, okay? Mm-hmm. Purdue goes at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's favored by 24-and-a-half. Is Purdue healthy? No. I mean, they haven't been healthy all year. They're 4-and-6, 3-and-4 in the Big Ten. Wisconsin's 12th in the country, 8-and-2, uh, still in the fight for that Big Ten title game. Yep. They got a big matchup against Minnesota next week. I think Wisconsin covers easily. I don't know if it's an easy cover because nothing is ever easy with a team that plays like Wisconsin. You know what I mean? So they're going to run the ball. Jack Cohn, he's not going to do a whole hell of a lot in the passing game. He's going to do some things, but not a whole lot. I'm with you, though. I think Wisconsin covers, but I think it's going to be a little tighter than what you're saying. Okay. Wisconsin um – so you're gonna you're gonna take Purdue? No, I said Wisconsin's gonna cover, but oh, it's gonna be a little. Oh. I don't think it's gonna be an easy cover. You like sure? What you said, yeah. <laughs> hey, shit, you're saying Wisconsin's uh, gonna come out there and win by thirty-eight? Uh, uh, not with ease. They're, they'll win by. <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll win by thirty. But uh, we'll take a quick break and uh, we'll talk about my Hokies, who are the hottest team in the ACC, in my opinion, um, and the rest of the football games here are week thirteen of the college football season. Here on Cover 3U, the college football degenerates. Welcome back to Cover 3U, the college football degenerates. Uh, before we talk about the Hokies taking on Pitt this week, let's let's chime in on a Big 12 matchup. Texas at Baylor. Baylor's favored by five and a half, trying to overcome that devastating um, lead they blew against Oklahoma. 
But they welcome the Longhorns into town. Baylor's favored by five and a half. Who do you got? Uh, Phil has Baylor. What do you think? I, I like Baylor. Uh, I can see Texas. I think it's going to be a great football game. I think Texas might end up winning <coughs> the game. I don't have enough confidence in yeah, them, though. I, I like Baylor. I, I don't know if I'm confident enough to put money on Baylor, but I, I really like Charlie Brewer. Um, you know, I, I didn't like how Baylor did not adjust very well in that Oklahoma game, uh, and they did not capitalize on those turnovers that Oklahoma had very well. So Baylor definitely has weaknesses. I do think they edge this one out um, by a touchdown. But five and a half is not enough for me. I'm going to stay away from it. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. All right, moving on to Pitt at Virginia Tech. The Hokies coming off a 45 to nothing win over Georgia Tech on the road. The week before that, they beat a ranked Wake Forest team 36-17, to 17, turning their season around. What are your initial thoughts on this game? The spread's at three and a half. I think it only came out at a point. Yeah, it was a pick on the start. And Which is interesting. Of, and it, whenever it jumps two and a half points, that means a lot of money is going on Virginia Tech. My thought on this game is it's going to be very, very, very close. I could see it being a 21-20 game either way. I could see it being a 17-14 type game either way. Uh, strictly because of both defenses are really, really good. And Virginia Tech certainly has the advantage whenever it comes to offense and throwing the ball, but the weather is going to be dog shit in Blacksburg tomorrow, so I don't know how much the throw game is really going to be in, the, you know, in play uh, for both sides. Um, I'm going to stay away from this particular game, but if I were to bet it, it would be Virginia Tech. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. Do you think I summed it up fairly well? Yeah, yeah, no. Here's the thing. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great matchup for – what should serve up a really good football game. Mm-hmm. And, and here's why. Pitt leads the nation in sacks. Take your rain gear tomorrow. Yeah, I got my rain gear. Pitt leads the country in sacks. Defensively, Pitt's one of the better football teams in college football. They lead the nation in sacks, especially on third down. They, I read something. They get a sack on third down 47% of the time. Or in some 40, that's crazy. Almost half the time on third down, you're getting a sack on your defense for your defense. Pat Narduzzi's a fucking madman. He is defense. He I don't like the dude, but no. man, he's a he's a good fit for Pitt. Yeah, and he's a great defensive coach. Um, so in response to that, Virginia Tech needs if Virginia Tech gets in third and long situations, they need to just run the football and punt it. Like they seriously, like do not try to get first downs. Call your third play downs to win the football game, not to move the sticks, if that makes sense. Because Virginia Tech has the better punter. Virginia Tech has the best overall special teams and overall team, I think. So put yourself in position to win the game. Pitt's going to screw this game up offensively. Like they're on the, so, and the weather's going to be a big factor in this one, I yeah, think. Yeah, they can't I, run the ball like they could last year at all. Like mm. Pitt could really run the ball last year. And they're, I think they're asking Kenny Pickett to do too much at quarterback. He's not capable to do the things he needs to do for Pitt to be relevant offensively. And I think that's why Virginia Tech wins the game. I think Virginia Tech wins this game on the defensive side of the ball, um, getting the Hokie offense in position to score. Um, but it's going to be hard to put together 80-yard drives for Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech needs to recognize that and just take what Pitt gives them uh, on the other side of the ball. So mm. 
I think I, both teams are just going to line up and give try me the and under. Them. Give me the under. What is the over? I, I was this? trying to look that up. I that, was too, and I couldn't find it because I think that might, depending on what the number is. Let's see here. I'm trying to look it up. The under over under is forty four and a half. Give me the under. I give me the under a hundred percent. Like Virginia Tech should run a draw on third and long. Do not because they're going to sack you on third down. They're known to I, do that. I think this is going to be one of those games where a defensive turnover, like a scoop and score, or even a pick six or something like that, yeah. could really turn the game yeah. one way or the other. Yeah, I think the Hokies, uh, Deshaun Crawford. Uh, Tywan Garbett, a defensive end. Deshaun Crawford, a defensive tackle. Those two guys on the defensive line are causing a fuss in the backfield. Uh, Caleb Farr, here's a, here's a fun stat for you. There's not going to be a lot of completions downfield because between the two top defensive backs for Pitt and the two top defensive backs for Virginia Tech, I think they have four. I read something where it's like four of the top ten defensive backs in the ACC. They're those are four of the most shutdown corners in college football right now, and they may have been four of the top five. Um, so both teams have defensive backs that do not allow a lot of downfield passes. That's the other reason I would take the downfield. Caleb Farley, Farley for the Hokies, I mean, he like he's number two in the country and passes defended. So, um, yeah, and then you have Jermaine Waller on the other side. So you know both teams have a great secondary. Hokies safety over the middle is kind of a concern, but I think it's going to be low scoring. Great defensive matchup. Out, outside, and this is, you, you know me, I'm not a Virginia Tech fan by any stretch of the imagination, but outside of the Penn State, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Boston College, just because I'm a Notre Dame fan, this is yep. the most intriguing game to me. Yeah, and I think, look, Pitt is terrible offensively, but they're so good defensively that it's kind of a shame that they don't get recognized enough in college football. Like, Pitt's defense is really, really Kenny good. Kenny Pickett can, can run a little bit, though, and I he think can. that might cause a little you know, bit of You know, he can. He can. Like, he, he can gain yards by scrambling around, and I think Pitt's a little underrated, if you want my opinion, just because their offense isn't known to put up points. But, you know, I, I think Pitt's a good football team, and – you know, neither one of these teams are playing for the college football playoff, but I tell you what, they're both fighting for that ACC Coastal Division title, and I think both of them can give them a better competition in the ACC championship game than any other ACC team that Clemson has faced this year. I'm not saying either one of them will make it close, but so far all the ACC teams that Clemson has played this year, I think UVA, Pitt, Virginia Tech, I think all those teams are better than all the other ACC opponents that Clemson has played thus far. I would agree with that completely. Uh, so it's kind of like Clemson's schedule has really favored them as far as who they've played from the other division. But anyways, we'll move on. There's no action. But I'm telling you, fans, bet the under. Um, it will be a close game. It will be low scoring. Fans or fan? Fans. Did I say, what did I say? You said fans, but I was just making sure we had more than one. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do. I think. I think we do. Okay. I hope so. Tell your friends. Maybe not fans of us. Right. Fans of college football. Yeah. If by some chance you're listening to this, take the under. <laughs> uh, Arkansas at LSU. LSU is favored by 42 and a half. Is that high? Is, Against I know, Arkansas? I know Arkansas is bad, but are they— Arkansas fucking sucks. Are they that bad? Are they yeah. that bad? Yeah, they are. Have you even looked at any of Arkansas— Have you watched any Arkansas games this year? Just have not, I, I, to be 100% honest with you, I have not watched one Arkansas game this year. How long, how long has that new coach been at Arkansas? Two years? 
Yeah, Chad, or uh, what's his name? Um, Chad he, Morris? No, nah, he went to, yeah, was is Chad Morris a coach or is it uh, well, no, the other I guy? Think... <laughs> As in uh, the guy who was the Penn State. Yeah, it's who was the uh, Penn State offensive coordinator? Joe Moorhead. Ah, gotcha. You sure it wasn't Chad Morris? Chad Morris was at Mississippi State. All right. Anyway, we don't know what to do. Besides, I don't know. I have not watched an Arkansas football game. I'm looking at their schedule right now. They've given up a thing. Holy, they lost to Western Kentucky 45-19. to They are bad. Yeah, they're fucking terrible. I would take LSU to cover here. Yeah, does anybody, does Phil have Arkansas? Um, no, no, I don't think anyone can we give right him mind. Can we give him Arkansas? <laughs> <laughs> I we know. give him Arkansas. Yeah, no. he's not here. No action. Let's talk about the American Conference a little bit. Temple goes to Cincinnati. Cincinnati is favored by ten. I think it's going to be a good game. Are you shocked with how many American football teams are in the college football rankings? No, not at all. I think it's a really good conference. You do. Mm-hmm. You think it's better than the ACC? We talked about this at the Notre yeah. Dame game. You, you did. Yeah, I, I, and I still think that from top to bottom, in terms of you take Clemson out of the equation. So if Virginia Tech, UVA, and Pitt, we'll just talk about the Coastal Division. Mm-hmm. See, I feel like everybody looks at Clemson and how bad they're beating ACC opponents, but you got to remember, Clemson's playing on the Atlantic Division. It's the Coastal that's beaten up on each other that I think has, has a little more – Better football teams. But so, it's also about what those teams did at a conference as well. Sure, and sure. So, so here's my question. In the American, there's, these teams are ranked in the top 25 at first glance. I mean, read them to me. I can't see shit. Cincinnati, you know Cincinnati mm-hmm. SMU. Mm-hmm. Is Appalachian State in the American? No. No, they're in the Sun Belt. They're in the Sun Belt. Um, SMU, Memphis, and Cincinnati. That's three teams. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those three teams do a round robin with Virginia Tech, Pitt, and UVA. Who wins the most football games? The American. It's interesting. I would disagree with that. But fair enough. If you if you think that. They all have one loss. And that's why Pitt, UVA, and Virginia Tech's not in there, and they are, is because they all have three losses, but their losses are to one another or to Notre Dame or something like that. Um Cincinnati almost lost to East Carolina. I mean, if you look at some of these games, but I don't want to get too caught up on the American. Who do you have in this game? Phil has Cincinnati. Phil has Cincinnati. I will take Cincinnati. You know what? Give me Temple. Give me Temple. Because here's the thing about Cincinnati. They have one loss, but they almost lost to East Carolina. Um, They kind of struggled against Tulsa. Uh, They won by three against Central Florida. Central Florida is not the Central Florida we used to know. Give me... Temple. You want Temple? Yeah, and with Temple, you know, Temple's a football team who um, who has beat – didn't they beat Memphis this year? Isn't that Memphis – no. Memphis beat Temple. No, yeah. Temple beat Memphis earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. So give me, give me the Tigers to stay within 10 in Cincinnati. Like, I, I, don't, I don't see where you get that the, the American as, as good to have three teams in the, in the top 25. I think the only reason there's three teams in the top 25 from the American is that they all have one loss. And the only reason they have one loss is because they don't haven't played anybody nor each other. So, um, give me Temple. I would cover take Tem- the Temple. I'm going to take Temple as well. We're going to double up Phil on this one. All right, we double up. We got some action for once. 
We got some action. Oregon at Arizona State. Oregon's favored by 14 points. They are, man, that Utah-Oregon game is going to be so good. Oh, my gosh. So good. I think Oregon covers. I, I think outside of the SEC championship game, I think that's going to be the most entertaining. So good. That's going to be the most entertaining game championship yeah. weekend. And and the winner, while neither one of those teams are in the top four of the college football playoff, it's easy to say whoever, as long as whoever wins that game doesn't slip up somewhere, that they're going to be in it. They're going to be in the final four. Give me Oregon to cover Arizona State the 14 points. I think that's I'm easy. with you. I'm with you, and so is Phil. What about TCU and Oklahoma? Can turnover happy Jalen Hurts cover a spread? Uh, it's 18 points is the spread um, against TCU, who probably has the second, one of the top two or three defenses in the Big this 12. This is an interesting game because part of me wants to just say, okay, well, we know what Oklahoma is. They can't really stop anybody. You know, they're, they're going to play a tight game. They've played tight games you know, three out of the last four weeks against Kansas State, Iowa State, and then Baylor. You know, they beat Iowa State by a point. They beat Baylor by a point. Or, yeah, they beat by, Baylor by one. Um, They beat Baylor by – it was like three or something like yeah. that. They so, beat Iowa State by one, yeah. Yeah. So my hunch is to take TCU to cover this 18. But part of me is also thinking, okay, I think this might be a get-right week for Oklahoma offensively. TCU's not that great on, on defense, and I would probably go with Oklahoma to cover. Give me TCU. It's a close spread. That's a good spread. Yeah, it is. This is not a confident bet by me, but I think it's going to be right around three possessions. 18 is technically three possessions. I'm hoping for a 17-point victory by the Sooners. Uh, give me TCU to keep it within 18. Feel you know, they, 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 they lost to ba- – TCU lost to Baylor in three overtimes. So they've been able to compete with some of the other top dogs in the Big 12. They actually beat Texas by 10. And, again, that TCU defense, I don't know what they are ranked statistically in the Big 12, but they're probably one of the top two or three defenses in the Big 12. So – um. Yeah, I'll take TCU, and then the other. That's, a good, that's going to be an interesting one to watch. Yeah, it's at Saturday night too. Night, yeah, and it's a good game. I'm looking forward to it. Utah at Arizona, the other big team in the Pac-12. Utah's favored by 22 and a half. Is that too much? <sighs> no, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't. Give me Utah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm right there on Utah. Phil has nothing. Yeah. So no action on that. So we end with the game of the week, Penn State at Ohio State. But before we do that, we will take a short break, and then Pat will give us his two-minute drill for Week 12. Here on Cover 3U, the College Football Degenerates. Welcome back to Cover 3U, the College Football Degenerates. We wrap up Week 13 with the game of the week, Penn State at Ohio State. College game day is there. Fox Sports is there. Everyone's there. It's going to be a big atmosphere. Ohio State's favored by 18 and a half. I'll get your thoughts first, Patrick. Ohio State's going to murder them. <laughs> yeah. Is that it? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I said, and I got to watch what I say because my in-laws are Penn State fans. But Do they listen? No. <laughs> At least I hope not. For more, I hope not for more reasons than one. 
God, I hope not. I would get judged like a son of a bitch if I, if I was... I think there would be a... Uh, this fucking thing. Yeah, well, yeah. Anyways, let's hope not. Um, but anyways, like and subscribe this podcast, by the way, if you're listening. <laughs> but don't share it to our in-laws. But don't share it to our in-laws. <laughs> Definitely like and rate us on, on podcasts there. But uh, I've been saying this about Penn State. What... Well, I, I think Penn State's a really good football team. James Franklin can recruit his ass off. He can motivate a football team. He's a young player's coach. But, man, he is not an X's and O's. He's not an X's and O's guy, and he is certainly not a good game manager. I mean, he just finds a way to fuck his team every well, week. Well, he doesn't game plan based on the opponent it seems like i see weekend well, and, week and out that might him be doing his coordinators too but that i mean he has the overall say he has the overall going. say yeah i feel like this i see the same approach game week in and week out they kind of start start well on offense and then they start they don't adjust or change their game plan or switch it up and then they get stagnant they haven't covered a lot of games they didn't cover against indiana mm-hmm. they won the game um and then on the ohio state side They've just been absolutely I said, people. I said, until I see a flaw or a weakness or Ohio State, I'm going to bet on Ohio State for the rest of the year until I see They them. are number one on offense and number one on defense in the country. Yeah. Give me Ohio State as well. Phil did not give us. Well, it was my fuck up. Yeah. It but, was my fuck up. But we'll ask Phil later if he wants to wager, and if he does, he can take Penn State if he wants. But we both like Ohio State. With that being said, uh, should be a good – Game to watch for about a quarter or two. I do think Penn State will keep it a game. I for just a, got a half. text from Phil. What? Who's he like? Does he like Penn State? He doesn't. The like The game that. is at Ohio State, right? Yeah. I will take Penn State. It was the message from Phil. That Live right there. <laughs> wow. So he just got doubled up. There you have it. I just, I just haven't seen a weakness from Ohio State. I, I think Justin Fields is going to have a a, day, a a great day, even though Penn State's defense, I think, is their strong point, but. Um, I feel like they put a lot on their quarterback. They don't move the ball around the field very often to different players. So I think it's going to be easy for Ohio State to game plan against a really good Penn State team. And that's why they're going to win by three possessions. But Phil thinks otherwise. We have action. We have double paper. Double paper on the last game. There you go. Live. First time you cover three. I mean, it's almost as if Phil was here. I'll tell you. (laughs) <laughs> one day he'll be back that son of a he's out there teaching young young kids a, a bad three-point technique in his uh middle school basketball team. i just want to we need to go out and we need to broadcast live from one of phil's games yeah oh, we should we should yeah uh we'll try to go to one of his games i doubt yeah. it though i don't have time for that shit but we'll watch uh, his motion offense and yeah yeah, yeah. So. i like to see him on the sideline a little bit Two-minute drill goes to you, my friend. After a stretch of really bad runs, what do you got to talk about here on Cover 3U? The two-minute drill. We haven't had one in a while because Phil hasn't been here, and he's been our winner. Um, the one thing I just want to touch on is just scheduling in terms of this, this week every year, and it gets talked about every year. It's been talked about really since the inception of the BCS back whenever the BCS came into play. When was that? 99, 98? Uh, 97 or 98. Yeah. I remember Virginia Tech was in the national championship, BCS national championship, and it's like third year of existence or yeah. something like that. So, Maybe second year. He, the SEC really started the trend of playing a cupcake game this particular week. Now, you don't necessarily have that with Texas A&M at Georgia this week, 
but every other SEC team is playing an FCS team. Yeah. Yeah. A- outside I, I, of Missouri, Missouri's playing some. And, and I'm scared that other teams are starting and other conferences are starting to pick up that technique, but, but they. Part of my two minute. It should be allowed. Part of my two minute drill here is I think that trend is going to end, and here's why. If and when I will say not if, but when the playoff expands to eight, and I think it's inevitable. There's too much money involved. I think you're going to get rid of that particular weekend of the Cupcake Games. You're going to have whether it be. The SEC adjusts their schedule to start playing actual, you know, SEC games, and then you have a few more yeah. front-loaded games, you yeah. know, against out-of-conference foes. College football is better when good plays good. Yeah. And and teams are going to have to do that to make their final stand for, you know, a, a playoff ranking. And, so. and you could have a two-loss team in a playoff at that point. Yeah. No, in the way I see it, and this will, and I'll wrap it up on this, I think the playoffs should go to eight. You get all five power conference champions in, right? And then you have three at large. Yeah. I, Simple as that. I don't see the point of the FCS this late in the season when there's now two bye weeks, too. Right. I, I don't see the point of FCS, period. But, but anyway, I, I kind of saw I kind of sit. I kind of seen it when they only had one bye week. But now you have two bye weeks. It's just not important. But that will wrap it up for this um, week on Cover 3U. We went a little over an hour. We don't like to do that, but that's okay. We'll see you next week. Here at Cover 3U, the college football degenerates.